Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Rhythmicity Podcast, where I talk to artists of every kind about the strategies, rituals, and habits that help to keep them on beat and in the groove. My name is Aaron Benavides. I'm a producer, DJ, and event thrower, and artist in general. Uh, today I'm talking to a painter named Ame Everett. I was introduced to her work earlier this um, this past month at the East Austin Studio Tours, and I was uh, enamored by her paintings. They're very interesting and really minimal and abstract. And what struck me was that she had created through putting a series of sort of dots and dashes and lines in mixed in with the color and some other sort of abstract shapes and textures she gave it a sort of meaning and she would uh explain some really interesting ideas that she was able to get through and so in this podcast i talked to her about that and i talked to her about a few different things uh, i talked to her about inspiration where she derives inspiration and where she gets it for ideas for new paintings i talk about colors we talk about imbuing abstract shapes with meaning, you know, and the deeper the deeper ideas that you can put into something that is not inherently meaningful, in even harkening back to language itself, you know, how letters on the page are just simple shapes that we give meaning to. We talk about creating a unified aesthetic in the artwork that you're creating. We talk about her history, how she ended up here in Austin, and we kind of compare New Orleans and Austin. I have a big love for New Orleans, and Ame actually comes from New Orleans. So um, I've included links to her artwork in the description, um, so be sure to check that out. She's going to be showing a few different things, so if you're in the Austin area, please check them out. One of them, she has two paintings at City Hall's People's Gallery, which starts January 18th, and that her paintings will be up there for the rest of the year. And then she's also doing another showing um, at uh, with a collective called Brown State of Mind uh, at Artwork Gallery. So that should be coming up, I think, at the end of January as well. So be sure to check her out. And there's also links to some of the other things that she's inspired by, some of the music that she paints to, and... Uh, the writings by Rothko and stuff like that, if you want to check any of that out. So be sure to enjoy, and I hope you get something from this. So without further ado, here's the show. So yeah, I guess the first uh, the first question I'd like to start with is, um, d how important would you say like any daily rituals or habits are to you? Like, do you have any that you would say, like, I'm really like, you cultivated any sort of daily rituals or anything like that that keep you on board? Sure. So I know as an artist, in order for me to be um, where I want to be or to create the work that I want to create, I have to create every day. Uh -huh. And that can be notes in a journal about what I want to create or mixing paint that I know that are colors that I want to work on. But it has to be, I have to touch what I want to create every day. So okay. it has to be done every single day. That's my ritual. It doesn't matter if I'm not, if I'm making one mark on the canvas or whatever I'm working on, it uh -huh. has to be done every single day. Do you give yourself like a time limit? Like, um, I just make sure I, I at least am working on it 
for at least I don't I never like quantify the time because uh -huh. I think that's even more too much of a restriction for me. I just make sure in some way that I spend some time on it. It could be mm -hmm. five minutes, it could be ten minutes. But it just ha like I just have to make sure that I'm working on it. Every single day. Every single day. Do you have like a something that you do to like mark it off? Like so that you kind of remember um, like you're like, okay, like I'm for instance on my calendar like, if I meditate, I'll, like, okay, cool, mark it off on my calendar. That way I can look back and be like, like I did it. I guess I never really thought about it. And I guess it's great about these questions. Um, I I don't have a calendar. I don't yeah. have a calendar. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a calendar for, like, dumb things. Well, not yeah. dumb, but uh, well, adult things. Yeah, <laughs> appointments like and stuff. bills do, appointments. Yeah. But as far as art goes, like, in my, in my sketchbook or... If I'm somewhere and I'm thinking about something, I'll just write the date on it. I'll just uh -huh. say, okay, you know, 12 to this idea. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Um, but as far as, um, like, making a mark in a, in a calendar, no, I don't do that. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't have any kind no. of scorecard kind mm -mm. of thing. I just, the date is more of to, to see how long I've been mm -hmm. vacillating or thinking about a subject, I guess. For sure. Vacillating from going back to it and leaving it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, on this... 5th of January on 2016, I was thinking about this. Okay, let's revisit that thought. And then I come back and think about it again. See okay. if it's relevant. Yeah. Today. Kind of, to yeah. revisit it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you have um? Do you have any kind of, like, broader, like, when you wake up, like, any morning rituals that you use to kind of get you, like... Yeah, so I'm like a sort of a plant hoarder. So I have oh, yeah. plants everywhere. So I make sure every morning when I wake up, I at least go out there. I water them. I take care of them. And I feel like that gets me in the mind frame of making things and creating things. Because these plants are living and breathing organisms. Oh, yeah. So I'm also creating this thing that doesn't exist until I will it into the world. Yeah. So that gets me into the mind of making. Wow, that's kind of... I really like that idea. Because, yeah, it's like you're, you're cultivating something. It's like right. what you're doing with your art, too. Mm -hmm. It's like the thing it's a little different every single day it's getting bigger like bigger every day and so it's kind of like and it's, there's just, a, there's you just a, gotta put that water yeah. in it and you there's know? a correlation there like when my plants are wilting I haven't done enough artwork because it's right outside of the patios where I paint uh -huh. and if I'm not there then I'm not there yeah. if I'm not in either place enough then it shows I love that yeah, I've been. I have like a few plants at my house, and I kind of like. I kind of think about that. Like, I just have like a few succulents and things mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, just to kind of like remembering to do it. And I know, like, when I start to get off track in my life, just kind of like not focusing on art, it does kind of like mm -hmm. manifest. It Your shows plants in everything. Will, like, reflect yeah. it. They'll tell you like. It's hey. this thing that reminds <laughs> me, like, hey, don't forget, don't forget. You yeah. know. So <laughs> I make sure that stays green, and that way my artwork is breathing and alive as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you just kind of like try to focus and just make sure that it can be it can be anything, just like a few minutes a day, mm -hmm. just kind of like. So even if you're like really busy, you'll give yourself, you know what, like I just want to go home, but I gotta just sketch or just like. Well, my get studio something. is at home, which is a good thing. So yeah. I work out of or I paint out of where I live. Okay, so. Yeah. There'll be times when I'm j I get off of work or I'm just tired and I'm just like, oh, but you need to paint. I'm like, you're right. I need to paint. So I'll get up and mix a color that I think I want to use or I'll clean brushes or I'll get the space ready to paint. Um, but I make sure in some way I like I touch that world in yeah. some way. Yeah. Um, so getting into like kind of when you're sitting down to paint, do you have any kind of maybe would you say rituals or something about like, yeah, like you were saying, like getting ready to put an idea on whatever you know painting or something like that do you like you know start with an idea okay i'm about to get ready i'm gonna sit down and think about it or like meditate for a second or just kind of like nope i just get into it you just get into it i just 
turn on some music, start mixing paint, or I just start going at whatever support I'm using. I just, there's mm-hmm. never like a pause. I just, it's just like this fluid motion and I just go straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. How and would I, you, how would you say like the mixing paint sort of, like when you're working, when you're looking for colors, how does that different from like when you're putting shapes on the, well, can, on the canvas? I never look for colors. I think in color. Okay. I never look for color. Uh-huh. Um, I, the color comes first, then the idea comes. Okay. So, cause to me, like color is more translatable than words so to me the color is the most important thing that i'm using in my artwork um so i'm never like looking for a color i'm always the colors there it's always the how can i translate this color that's in my head exactly to my palette uh-huh. the color's always there the color's yeah, yeah, there yeah. now right it's always taking it from here and putting it down it's and it's almost like a like a magician or something like one of my favorite movies is harry potter and like they always do like potions the most the potions class right so the painting is like my potion so i'm always looking for the things that make this come to life yeah so it's never like a what color should i make i know what color i want to make it's how can i arrive at this color yeah um and i had a great teacher when i was learning oil painting in the beginning and she taught us how to um cultivate that that eye for finding local color Mm -hmm. so i've i've worked on that good enough to know like okay the color wheel this this, and that this is how this can get it but how can i paint with the light that i see in that color so that's the most important thing uh-huh. so what do, you, what do you mean by local color so like let's say you want to paint like the shelf or the table or whatever it is that's your local color that's the thing oh, that I you're see. trying to paint so you need to make sure that what you're painting is as close to that as you can get Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah it's so kind it's of like trying color to matching. yeah, learning mm-hmm. how to create it. Yeah, okay. That's something that's really interesting. Yeah, that's because like that's a thing that I personally, because I focus mostly on music and mm-hmm. audio. So it's like finding colors. I guess in a way, it's like finding a sound. It's like right. shaping that, like mm-hmm. taking a bunch of elements and then putting them together to try to make it sound like what you want. Exactly. To. It's like yeah. so. I was watching something the other day, and it's like um, when they do cartoons, how do they get this sound of this? And they mix so many things that you would never think to make the sound of water like it could be like someone chewing mixed with something else and it's yeah, like that's yeah. how they use all these things to make what we hear as the sound of water which is like painting it's like mm-hmm. oh you have red but yeah but this red has these all these other colors in it to arrive at this color that your eyes can yeah you know identify as red right mm-hmm. yeah do you uh do you reuse colors like you're like oh i made this really amazing blue i really want to use that again in another painting i wish i was that disciplined um i get close to the color but i never save the color yeah yeah. save like a recipe or something no i the recipes in my head i remember Mm -hmm. like i like i know like a few years ago i painted this painting and it was this red color and i'm like oh i know i remember what colors i used i just remember Yeah, yeah yeah I have started to because another painter was telling me, they were like, you should write these things down. I'm like, all right. So I like <laughs> loosely write some things down now. But no, I just like, I like to go at it organically. Like right now I am working on a, um, people do series and it's always a series that focuses on one subject. But my series right now is like, I'm like, okay, I like this red. Let me see where, how far I can go with ideas in this red, mm-hmm. with this red color or whatever. So now I'm working on, just a series that has just red paintings. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, interesting. And so, like you were saying, you'll start with the color, mm-hmm. and then do you kind of, like, as you're mixing that color, or kind of thinking, like, in it, you start to think about thematically what you want to explore with the painting? Like, it, like um, does the color, like, give you some emotion? You're like, you know what, I kind of want to... So what I'll do with the color is, like, right now, I'm like, all right, I like how that 
that came out and how it expresses itself in on that wood or on that canvas. So right now I'm saying, okay, how can I tell a story or say how I feel with this color as a backdrop? Mm -hmm. So everything in your life happens with a city in the backdrop. Like you live in Austin, yeah. so I fell in love in Austin. Austin is the backdrop, or I lost my job in Austin, or whatever. Austin is the backdrop. Yeah. So no matter what, how many different things happen, that is the backdrop. So with my work, I'm trying to um, explain things or talk to people without using images that they can be biased to. Mm -hmm. So I'm using red as like a alert, like, hey, look at me these things happened, right? Yeah. Because when you see red, everybody's like, whoa, like when you say I'm seeing red, you're angry or whatever happens. So it's like, I'm not angry, but all of these things can also happen when you see red. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So, because um, I remember when uh, when I met you, like uh, we were talking, um, it was in that, um, the plant shop mm -hmm. at uh, East Austin Studio Tours. And I remember we were talking, you were t telling me because you had sort of created this like interesting like pattern language mm -hmm. on it but you were talking about how a lot of the paintings um, had like a story like you did one that I think was on like is like a Black Lives Matter kind of theme yeah, or it was like it's, on it's police called, brutality yeah it's called Which Lives Matter and so the painting is blue black and it has silver in it and it has like this black line running through it it has this blue and black line which people um attribute to police mm -hmm. and then it has a silver line which I used it as like the white lives and it's like which lives matter like and they're all running parallel to each other some of them stop some of them keep going it's like which ones matter yeah and it's that's the thing is like I understand all of everyone's arguments but it's like with black lives matter we're trying we're not saying everyone doesn't matter yeah. we're just saying that we matter as well so that's why the lines run parallel to each other or an equal because we're all equal mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to say you guys have placed importance on yourselves which forgetting about us so it's like which ones matter yeah and it's not that all lives matter no no they do but we have to exemplify that we do as well it's Absolutely. like we, we have to tell you no 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 we understand all of them do but at the same time history has shown that you don't value ours yeah. so we're trying to remind you that just as yours do Hours do as well. Oh, so that's sure. what that piece is about, you know? And uh, how would you say, like, as you were making it, like, where did the that sort of narrative come into, in, like, in alive into the painting? It was somber because it was that summer when all of those murders happened. Yeah. And I say murders because that's what they are. It's the, yeah. it's the summer that all those murders happened. And it's called Which Lives Matter because I want you to tell me which ones do you think are important and of course you're going to tell me what they all do okay so let's begin to act as if they all do mm -hmm. let's begin to say okay you're right let's let's treat everyone as equals so that's why it's which ones matter i'm not going to tell you which ones yeah, yeah like i want the question you is you to. Uh -huh. exactly no, exactly totally no and i love that theme i mean it reminds me a lot of like do the right thing kind mm -hmm. of thing it's like where you're left with like spike jones kind of has that like right you decide what the right thing is i'm not going to tell you what exactly. the right thing is exactly um when you were when you were making it, did you sit down with that concept, or did you like you're like, because you, you had already thought of like the the idea with the lines, right? Actually, I didn't. So, like I said before, like I think in color, right? Yeah. And I was creating these pieces, and I just realized like I was just so sad and so somber, and all these things were happening, and I was like, okay, let's focus on color. What is this color telling you? What's color telling you? And then I was like, okay, I see. This is where this is going, and then. It, 
I paint I painted like the blue and black line first and I was like that's what this reminds me of and then I began my story okay once that came in okay mm-hmm. awesome and do, would you say that's kind of simple with a lot of that series would you say that's kind of like how you developed them um, the series came about from all of my work is about speaking and breaking a silence that um, is perpetrated or taught to I think especially like women like uh-huh. women are kind of told to like oh you know just be happy and don't really complain and it's like I yeah. you, that's not natural no. that's not natural to just be in a situation and say okay I don't agree with it but I can't say anything because I'm supposed to sit here and be pretty Absolutely. or I'm not supposed to have an opinion so it's me breaking a silence so that's why I try to create paintings that everyone can understand without painting something that people are biased to because I'm really trying to say something right right? yeah right because I feel like people aren't really biased to a color no one's really like oh I just I just I can't stand that color they'll look at it and be like oh it's orange okay let me let me let me look at why but if I Mm -hmm. paint a black body you're going to put your biases towards a black woman or what you're taught a black woman is Mm -hmm. but no one's taught you that blue is a bad color blue will harm you no one no one's afraid of a color right so it's better to use that to to explain mm-hmm. and then I also use the lines and the dashes and the pauses as sort of my Morse code to bring a language yeah yeah it's really interesting um, how did you say because uh, I know like how did you did you start thinking about it in terms like that you were like I really want to say something with my paintings but I, like I don't want to use words and I don't want to use like at like concrete shapes well whenever I first started creating Mm -hmm. period I always wanted to create to where people understood and I remember in school like teachers telling me you know you should create work that's that's like with African markings and like you should create black work and I was like what the hell is black work like what does that mean (laughs) oh you want me to create work what you think my black experience is but by default my artwork is about being black because I don't know any other way to be yeah right um and it's funny because no matter what you create, if I'm not associated with the work and my name is just on it, people will assume one thing. But then when they see that I am a woman of color, oh, it must mean these things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to still step away from it because once they see me, then they're like, oh, well, then it must be about this. And it's like, it's about life. It's about my life experiences as yeah. a human, not as a brown human. It's just... I want everyone to see that these experiences that I have as a brown woman are the same that you have as an Asian man or a Hispanic woman or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's, we go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because when we were in that shop that you met me in, yeah. someone asked me if I was American. Oh. <laughs> they were like, are you, are, you, are you American? And I was like, as opposed to what? <laughs> like, I, I recently just told you I was from Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I can't, no matter what, I, how I try to communicate without some sort of bias it's still yeah is there i know it's it's kind of tough because yeah we always kind of put ourselves in these little boxes and i think it it happens especially in art because we we want to understand it so we put it in like this is abstract painting this is that this is this Mm -hmm. and um i mean and that's something that i think is really interesting about that whole series is that like it it's abstract in the way that, you know, like Rothko or something like right. that, like a lot of the abstract expressionists. But it is like, whereas those guys would untitled number 67, whatever, you know, um, you do give it uh, something to say. Mm-hmm. And so it's like taking just abstract shapes and taking things like that, but imbuing them with meaning. Right. In a way, because it's you know? like, you know, the languages they use 
back in the days, like our letters are still only symbols. Mm -hmm. And someone who's not from here, who doesn't understand our symbols, to them it's abstract. Yeah. So why can't my shapes be a language? Mm -hmm. Because an A is an A to me, but if someone only speaks in Mandarin, they have symbols that I don't understand. Exactly. Right? So mm -hmm. if I had never seen that before and I saw it painted, so I'm like, oh, look at that abstract, right? So yeah. it's, it's almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just creating my own. <laughs> um, so when you when you sit down, like when you start to create like the painting, do you do you think about it ahead of time? Like, I guess we kind of already touched on it, but like it was like now that you've sort of developed this sort of this mode, you know, like mm -hmm. with the lines and kind of the gestures in mm -hmm. between them and, and using it symbolically. Do you walk around as you're living your life? Do you kind of think of ideas or when you're sketching? Oh, you yeah, I think like, I do all the time, like when I'm at work or if I'm somewhere and I hear like I hear something that someone says that's interesting. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, how could I turn that into a painting? And mm. then I think of how that would make sense to me with the gestures that I create. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And do you, you write them down? Do you have like a little journal or yeah, anything? Yeah, I'll write the, the phrase that someone said down or I'll write the date or where I was just to, uh -huh. remind, just to remind myself. And then I'll like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, because I remember we were talking, that was like a thing we were talking about one of them. You had, uh, you were like, this was a day that something happened to me, and you had like, you know, lines going, and then uh, the texture in the middle, the texture uh -huh. in the middle, and then the lines came at a different right, point. Right, it's the 28th of the fifth. Yeah, yeah. and I love that because it's yeah. like you don't even need to know, but there's something about that where it's like you can let your mind, like right. let like the, the audience the mind come up with like, yeah. whatever they want, yeah, exactly. but like that is something, especially something I've been thinking about a lot recently. It's just yeah that you're going in these lines and mm -hmm. then something happens and it totally sets you off right you know? and a lot of the work is it's it's um it's the language but a lot of the pieces are also like it's the, it's trying to decipher what happens in my life and situations that happen in my life based on what i was taught because i think it's always a when you're as you're growing up and being an adult and you want to be a conducive member of society sure. you're trying to understand how what you've been taught fits into what you've learned mm -hmm. so a lot of it is the lines going against what you learned or going with or breaking from what you've learned so it's I think it's always a balance that you're trying to be who you think you're you were taught to be against mm -hmm. who like you want to be or who you were who le life lessons have taught you you should be yeah yeah how do you, uh, just to kind of maybe go back a little bit, and uh, how did you get started um, making art? Like, how did you find maybe oil painting and stuff? Well, I've always made art as a kid. Like, I would, yeah. in any form, like, I would, um, I would, like, cut up clothes and make purses or uh -huh. make earrings or, um, like, when I was a kid, I found this picture. I went through, I'm from New Orleans originally, and I don't have many of my... Um, things from childhood because of Katrina but I had like I have a few things and I have this one um newspaper article where I drew something and it was in like the newspaper for the art so it's like I've always been creating things and I I stumbled upon art in school yeah um I had this amazing teacher her name's Sarah Wiseman she is amazing she's the reason I fell in love with with oil painting and I like oil painting mainly because I love the, the paint yeah I love the way it smells. I love the way it mixes. Texture, I love like yeah. this like textures like butter. I absolutely love it. Um, and I just feel like it help. It translates well for what I'm trying to say. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, do you ever think about, like, because a lot of those paintings, um, they have a visual language that is sort of cohesive. Like, you could take all of them and you could look at them and be like, okay, yeah, this was an artist. Or, like, I could look at a piece in a gallery and not, be, you know, be kind of going through and then I'd be like, oh, you know what? I think that's Ame. Like, I think she painted that one. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a really distinctive um, sort of aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, do you, is that like deliberate? Did you say that you cultivate that? Like you're looking for an aesthetic to kind of be part of you or did it just kind of happen naturally? Um, I think it happened naturally. I mean, mm -hmm. I think just as a person, you want something to be yours. Yeah. You want something to stand out. Like you want a thumbprint no matter what you do as yeah. a person. And I think like probably organically, I was like, you know what? I want this to be mine. I want yeah. this to be like my style. So yes, yes and no. Like I I happened upon it. Like I was creating or creating or I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like, what are you trying to say? And then this happened and I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to develop this. Okay. So yeah. Do you, uh, would you say like maybe you have like, like who are some big influences to you? Do, do you think that they influenced like the kind of thing? Like do you um, get like your influences are more abstract? Like, oh, I like the way that they combine ideas with their painting. Or? I will say that I like, obviously I'm an artist, so I love other artists. I look at artists more for their method, not so so much as like, oh, I want to make art like that. Yeah. I, how did you arrive to making art like that? And then maybe I can arrive to making my own kind of artwork, right? Interesting, yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like Roscoe um, has this book where he talks about all his writings, and it's more to me to become someone who can think of their artwork the way that he thinks about his mm -hmm. not so much his work because that's his yeah but to be able to communicate and articulate my artwork the way that he could his interesting that's more important and what book what book was that that was just his writings on his oh, uh i on forget his what it's called yeah. oh it's I'll have to look um, that up. mark Roth rothko's writings yeah, because I definitely, uh, I've definitely sure been really influenced. Yeah, right. We can look it up. <laughs> I've definitely been influenced. Like I've read things about it. I haven't read like gotten super deep, but yeah, just the way that he talks about um, the emotional response. You know, I think he has a quote where it's like the people who break down and cry in front of my paintings are having the same religious experience that I had when mm -hmm. I painted it. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, there's something to like, you know, in, when you're making something, if you're putting all of that emotion and really asking yourself tough questions and going to those deep places, it's going to manifest itself into your right. work and it comes out. And I always wanted to make sure I created work that was true to me instead of just like, oh, this is the fad right now. I want to create this. And, that, and I understand that appeal as an artist because you want, especially now with like social media, you want the likes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that's not true to me. And I I want to always create work that's true because as a person, I want to try to be the truest to myself and to other people that I could. So I wanted to create artwork that was also true as well. And I know everyone's not going to like and everyone's not going to stand and that is fine. Yeah. But I want to create something that is true. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. That's beautiful. I really like that. Yeah. And just kind of look, because I think ultimately that helps you out because if you are just creating something that's trendy or what you think will be popular it's not going to last you a whole career it's not going to last you a thing it's mm -mm. You're unless you are very good at adapting to the trends and there are people that are good at that and oh, yeah. i say kudos to you you can teach <laughs> me a few things but yeah no i just i want to create something that's true i want to always make sure i'm putting out something that's true mm -hmm. that's that's really important to me yeah yeah um how important would you say that mentorship has 
uh, played a role in in what you do? Do you feel like you've always had like a teacher or a mentor, or someone I've that kind of always had a mentor? Um, I've moved from here to L.A. and New Orleans, and I've all I've been always creating on my own. Mm-hmm. And I recently um, got a mentor, and I speak to her maybe like once or twice a month, and she really helps me more of like on the business side. Like, yeah. okay, so and because you really need help in that side because yeah, absolutely you don't I. I'm just like, yeah, art show, yay, this. And it's like, sometimes you got to say no. Sometimes you got to step back. Um, mm-hmm. And even with your artwork, it's helpful to get, because I'm in my house or my studio creating on my own. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always great to have a second set of eyes to be like, this part can be tightened up. This technique can be done better. It's always important to have that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, that's definitely a big thing that I think about. And uh, something that I think is really defining our our generation of artists is just having like a business sort of mindset when you're Mm -hmm. creating it Mm -hmm. or, you know, even thinking about it in terms of like brand, you know, like, um, that, that's kind of what makes me think about like the, the aesthetic is like when you create a painting, you, you know, and you put it out, that's part of your brand now. That's part Mm -hmm. of what you people think of you as an artist, you know, what you're trying to do, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting to like find the mentorship outside of that. Um, So would you say that, um, like, what other types of media would you say you're inspired by? Do you read a lot? Do you watch a lot of movies? Um, I know you're also a photographer. Um, Does photography inspire you a lot, too? um, Not in my paintings. No, I don't look to photography much. Um, Honestly, I would honestly say that nature more inspires my artwork than anything because I like to derive my colors from an organic source. Yeah. So nature inspires me more than anything, like how can I get this pink or how can I get this green? Yeah. So nature inspires me more than anything. I like okay. to listen to a lot of music when I am creating. Uh-huh. Um, so probably music and nature. Music yeah. and nature. Mm-hmm. Do you like to, uh, do you feel like your paintings sort of reflect the kind of music that you put on? Are you like, you know what, I'm feeling in this mood, I'm going to put something maybe more chill mm-hmm. or I'm going to put something a little more aggressive on? Or is I it guess just so. I guess I would have to say yeah because I'm making it, I mean, listening to it while I'm making. So yeah. maybe, yeah. I listen to a lot of... Um, I don't know. Sometimes I listen to a lot of like classical. I'll do like violas oh, or uh, guitars. I like string instruments. So uh-huh. maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. No, I never <laughs> thought about it that way. Do you? Are you? Uh, are you specific like in your classical, or do you kind of put on like a playlist? Like who? Are I some usually of will put on like right now. I'm really listening to um, Nadia Sorota. I believe that's how you say her name. And whatever comes on, like once her music is over, but. Yeah. And she's uh, she plays a viola. She's a violist. Um, but yeah, that's that's mainly what I've been like listening to right now. Yeah. That and a lot of um, James Blake and Xavier Omar right now. That's oh, what I've been listening yeah, to a lot. Totally. Yeah, James Blake's one of my favorites. So. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I think his work is sort of like it speaks like kind of how mine is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of minimal, but yeah. still very colorful. Still very, it's, it's very, very full uh, and deep. Yeah, very full. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I find that, yeah, your work, even though it is just kind of shapes, because of the, like, the different sizes and things, there is like a dimensionality mm-hmm. to it. Like, it's there are things that are close up and things that are far away. Right. You know, um, it, it's, it's kind of weird, but like I, I feel like it does kind of have that. And I feel like his music, in a way, has a lot of that. Even though he's really good at having a song with like, there's like three things in it. You right. know, it's just like maybe a piano and like a little bass sound uh-huh. or something. But it still feels like words you're in, in a space. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that space. And right. I think, yeah, that's uh, I, I can see that kind of being like something that goes into what you do. Um, how did you uh, how did you end up in Austin, if you don't mind? So 
lived in New Orleans, graduated, and then mm -hmm. after Katrina, my mom bought another house here. My brother moved here, and um, they were here for a while, so I stayed here for a bit. Then I was like, you know, I want to move to L.A., see what that's about. So I was in L.A. for a bit, and I got over that, and yeah. I came back here. And so I've just been here for the okay. past two years. So you moved here with your family after Katrina? Uh, no, 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 no. They lived here. My brother lived here after Katrina. I was still in Louisiana. Oh, okay. And so my mom still had the house here. And then so after she retired, she came here, and then I'm here. So. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, how would you say, because I love New Orleans, and um, every time I've been there, it's been, like, such an inspiration. Would you say New Orleans and growing up there has influenced a lot of what you Definitely. do? Definitely. I think New Orleans... Um, inspires creativity no matter what like yeah. <laughs> i don't know anyone who's there that's not creative in any way it just yeah if it's cooking if it's dancing if it's singing yeah. if it's painting drawing whatever everyone there is creative in some way and that oh, sure. city rewards you for that that city no one's ever just like oh you shouldn't be doing that they're like okay you're doing that all right uh -huh. how can i support like it's a very supportive city for creatives and anyone that wants to do something different mm -hmm. yeah oh i love that um, do you think even, like, visually, like, growing up there, like, the city impacted you Definitely at all? Definitely. The buildings, um, yeah. just the way people dress, the way people walk, the way they move. Yeah, definitely. How, how would you say that, um, like, New Orleans impacts your work versus the way Austin impacts your work? Austin gives me a place to think. Um, yeah. Austin is obviously not as culturally um, full yeah, or rich, I would or say, rich yeah. as New Orleans is. So Austin gives me a place to think. It gives me that time where I can like settle down and be like, all right, what are your thoughts? But New Orleans is just like, New Orleans itself is an entity that moves. It's yeah. like so alive, the city itself, that at times it can be overwhelming. I can see that. It's like, I like how you say that, like, because it really is. It's like this like living, like, you know, like an animal, like in the wild, like a cat or something. It doesn't care that you see it while it's licking its like leg or something like that. It's just like it doesn't care if it doesn't look pretty to you, you know, and I think that's kind of I, I that's what I love about it is that New Orleans doesn't care if. You don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, it you end. don't. Oh, it's dirt. Sorry, there's dirt on the ground. Oh, there's a guy sleeping right there. Like, sorry, but you know. Well, and I think it's even more than that. New Orleans doesn't care if you don't get its culture. Yeah. Or its its second lines or its love of brass music, because I think that's the thing is that people see New Orleans and always like, oh, you know, everyone's drunk and that's a home and there's these homeless people around. That's what you see because you're not from there. Mm -hmm. That's not what all of it is. Oh, no, not it's at all. It's this breath of, like, love. It's this breath of music and vitality. And New Orleans doesn't care that when you come there, you want to get wasted. Yeah. That's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's not all that we are. Oh, totally. And that's what I love about the city. Like, there's just so much about it that, that it's so hard to, even now, it's so hard to express and put into words being from that city is it's like it's something that's in you that'll that'll never leave you it's never like imprinted in your dna mm -hmm. yeah yeah i would say like my one of my favorite things about that city is just uh, and i i feel like it really connects with what you just said about like how it rewards creatives is that like every single street corner has something like just so glaringly beautiful there's like music, when you're there like singing, oh just the houses uh -huh. the trees like like every single neighborhood is kind of different yep. and just there's something just really interesting even when you're just in like a typical just residential neighborhood mm -hmm. there's oh there's a little neighborhood bar here and like there's just so many stories i write in my head just like who comes here like yeah. is this their little spot you know like and just these houses and the way like the house everything's so old and it has so much and i feel like in a way austin it's very new. Austin's very like, you know, we're trying to do something completely new. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it doesn't have that like there's a lot of stale like oh we just you know found the cheapest way to build this strip mall like we're gonna put that there you know what i mean why for me it's not so distracting as new orleans is because new orleans has this history that like knocks on the door all the time with this history that's always a present Uh uh-huh when you're going somewhere but Austin to me is so new that it's just like oh okay there's another new building like yeah. it's, it's just so new that yeah. the history of it doesn't make itself present to you like it does in New Orleans yeah like there's history with everything there right mm-hmm. here it's like like this building that we're sitting in new yeah new so new that everything's gleaming yeah. right yeah I don't know it, it, this is a place for me this is like my pad to like sleep eat think create and then i like will fly to new york to visit a friend when the tickets are cheap or yeah. i'll go to la to visit friends or i'll go home to new orleans this is a place where i can like live create paint in this bubble of where i can think mm-hmm. and then i can go out outside of that bubble if i choose i remember yeah on your on your website you mentioned something about how like the lot the, the world is super noisy and you try to kind of like cut through that noise and just find something a little quiet Mm -hmm. did you say um like with your art like is also a bit like it's kind of like your time for you like it's like i need me time to cut out the world and just kind of like yeah so explore who i am my painting time is me like filtering all these conversations and the things i've heard and things i've said and things people said to me or the experiences that i've had to take them magnify them examine them be like what does this really mean what was this? This was beautiful. This wasn't. This mm-hmm. is. This is perplexing. This is confusing. And then I, my painting is me unraveling what that's about to its purest form or simplest form. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. solitude important to you? Do you feel like? Oh my God! Being yeah. Real, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solitude is like if you go into a house after a party, and then you're like, okay, when I go back to solitude, it's like me cleaning up everything and putting yeah. it back in its place. Mm-hmm. I definitely identify with that. It's like, I think about that in a way, like, because, you know, there's the whole introversion, extroversion mm. thing, which I always find is so misleading. But it's like, yeah, for me, I really value having time to close the door and just work on stuff, mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of like, yeah, I like I like what you said, kind of like filtering everything down. Um, so let's see. Um, I think I think we're getting close. I think I have just one kind of more question. Okay. Um, I always think about space a lot just in terms of like how we engage with space and just kind of a question that popped into my head was like, what would be the ideal space if you could, you know, have like a whole exhibition to you? What would be the ideal way you would show people your paintings or or like just the work that you create? Like, would you like, do you like the white gallery walls? Do you like, would you prefer it to be in nature? Like to like for people to see your paintings in like an outdoor setting or something like I would love my painting shown. Okay, I'll give you two answers. I would, if yeah. it could be shown outside, in a way that protected the paintings, absolutely love it with green around, with realness around, or even like an old home or something of that nature. Because I mean, these paintings will be hung in a home, like so you can see how you would live with these things yeah. outside. It'd be living with other living things. So I think that that's a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. In your house, you're a living thing. Your kids are a living thing. So I think it's important to see it not in such a sterile environment, right? But if it had to be in a gallery, I wouldn't want such like starch white walls. I would want color. Yeah. Um, 
you know, maybe if it's a red, if it's a red series, maybe a complementary color to red, uh -huh. with with plush seating and all these other things that yeah. would make it more inviting. Have you ever thought about getting like exploring more of like, yeah, other things besides just like the canvas or the panel, like mm -hmm. like painting on walls or murally type? Yeah, things? definitely. I mean, uh -huh. if I had a chance to definitely paint a mural, I would definitely be down for that. Yeah. Um, I would love to paint, and in, in it's once again in the in the vein of like Rothko and like his approach to artwork, something so big where it just envelopes you. Oh yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, even if it was like a gallery and I just painted all of the walls and the style of the way I'm painting. Yeah. With the paintings on those walls would be an amazing thing. Oh yeah. totally. Yeah, because he definitely has like the like the chapel and mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah those yeah. big things. What's the biggest painting you've done? I think you, the you biggest painting I have done is the one I have at home right now. It's no, it's not. So I did a forty-six by forty-six. That's at home right now. Before I left LA, I had a painting that was a triptych, and it was each piece was thirty by thirty. Uh huh. Um, so that was the biggest piece I did, and I couldn't ship it from LA, so yeah. I ripped it off its um, supports, and I got it cut into uh, round supports. And so now it's this painting that kind of like takes over a wall. Interesting. Yeah. Do you uh, do you do any any other kind of design for other things like painting for like album art or any kind of other things? Have you ever worked on that um, kind of? I haven't done any yet, but I'm always open to it. I have gotten. Um, some questions about like des designing um uh, i think it's called like flatware no dinnerware like cups and plates and things like that but i just have to like research more of that like where would i put this like yeah. how would i sell it so no i'm always open to putting design on mm -hmm. any living thing like, yeah I'm, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that shows with like the the way you paint on like wood and mm -hmm. stuff like that i love painting on wood oh yeah how do you mm -hmm. select like the panels you get I, when I can see the wood, sometimes I order them, but when I can see the wood, I love things that have deep wood grain in it. Uh-huh. Love it. Because yeah. it gives this other, like, living background to the to the wood that I really enjoy. Do you yeah. ever go to, like, the hardware store and you just kind of look through wood there? Or yeah, do you go to like, other sometimes I'll, like um, there's, like, places here that, like, lumber yards, and they're like, oh, we're selling this scrap, but I'm just like, oh, and the scrap's really inexpensive. Uh-huh. So I go and pick those things with the best wood grain on it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. And do you feel like sometimes that grain like even imbues itself into your Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I won't I don't ever want to paint over it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you use is that stains do you use like oh, like um, to like let the wood grain through? No, I just paint really loosely. Like I okay. just yeah. And so just so, mm -hmm. so it kind of keeps it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever follow along like with the wood mm -hmm. grain? No. Mm -mm. I just let it just come through. Mhm. Mm um, real quick, I guess uh, I also uh, wanted to touch on the other series you were doing with the um, the family, where oh, it was yeah, yeah, the yeah. family with the moon. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, could you explain just a little bit about sure. like what was the so background in that one? I wanted to take a different take on portraiture. Once again, it's in that vein of not wanting to give you a picture of someone. Like I'm a minority. My family is mixed of everything. So. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to place your thoughts of that onto the painting. And I also wanted to offer my family a sense of privacy. Like in this day and age, we just put so much online. So it's like, what can I do as a take on this? So I gave them planets that I think they correspond with. Um, so moon heads for me and my siblings. And my mom is another planet. And my dad's another planet. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives them this, people want to know about it. They're like, why this? Like, why that? And so instead of 
them saying, oh, it's this black woman or this man or whatever. It's like, oh, I want, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. And then they can take it and it can be their own thing. So yeah, it's not for sure. you know, exclusively about me. It's uh-huh. about everyone because everyone sees the moon. Every, this is everyone's planet. This is it's not just mine. Yeah. So it's, you know, something you can project your own thoughts onto. Mm-hmm. And you're and like the way that you paint the planets is definitely sort of your mind's eye, right? Mm-hmm. You're not like copying a, no, pi- a photo. I'll so it's definitely at, yeah. like you're putting some sort of the way in the way that you draw the planet, you're imbuing some sort of emotion into right. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll look yeah. at like, okay, what does Mars look like? Okay. Mars is like this. And then I'll just go and paint it in my own. In your own head. Yeah, yeah. So then it kind of, yeah. Cause then it's more about, it's like, it's more about the re- the pure relationship of mm-hmm. you to whatever person you're drawing and less about like, you know, like Frida Kahlo, you know, or something like that, where it's like, the, no, this is the identity of this person. It's like, no, this is our relationship. I'm painting the way I feel about this person. Exactly. Do you pick the planet based on like any astrological meaning? Um, I don't do any kind of astrological meanings. Yeah. I, I pick the planet based on like, oh, Mars is the god of war or, or yeah. turbulent. And then I'll be like, okay, this person is this one. Yeah. Uh-huh. We are this one. And then it's like, you know, these planets have moons that orbit around them and then they have their own things. So it's like, it's this unlimited pool that I can tap into. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause families grow. Yeah. All right. So are you thinking like, are there ideas you have for like other aesthetic, like kind of things you want to explore that you're kind of like putting like you're like oh yeah that's kind of building in the back of my mind I'm always like, oh, i think every yeah. artist does i think always oh, yeah, for you know? sure. <laughs> always there's always like this cachet or this bank that sits in the back of like okay let me pull from this one and make it into something else so yeah, yeah that's great and mm-hmm. you so you do keep like a, a sketch journal like kind of thing do you I, sketch a lot yeah no not really no i mean yeah. i keep i don't sketch from like i i sketch from a thought so the, all of the paintings begin with a thought mm-hmm. so i write the words down or the thought down and then I'll revisit it and if I do want to paint it then I begin sketch okay. or things like that but I don't sketch first and because I have to have the idea of what to make right yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll write the idea down and then everything concrete comes after this loose idea uh-huh and you are very gestural in like what you do like kind of when mm-hmm. you're in it you'll just like you know feeling that and stuff mm, no no actually no um no, I'm not very gestural in that. Like, when it comes to actually making, I'm like, okay, I'm making. When it comes to the before creating, I'm very, like, airy and what's this supposed to be about. So, yeah. No, when I'm making it, I'm making it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I guess just one last thing. Um, what? It, I mean, and maybe it's kind of a difficult question, but, like, what what is it that you'd like to contribute, like, people to ultimately, like, get from your art like what is the ultimate thing you want to contribute through that i think the thing that i want to say or i want people to understand is essentially i guess kind of like understand me breaking a silence or and it's even like a gratitude or a thank you for it thank you for giving me this space in your eyes and your time for looking at this work and giving me a time to speak. Because even if you don't like it, you've allowed me a voice, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Because, like I said in the beginning, it's so long we were taught silence is silence. Yeah. You don't say anything. And the fact that you're looking at this piece and taking it in and deciding whether or not you like it or you don't like it, you're still offering me a voice, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing, the takeaway is that thank you. Yeah. Thank you for looking thank you for digesting and even if you're regurgitating it because you don't like it 
that's fine. You still allowed me to say this, and I appreciate that. I think, yeah, that's beautiful, especially because, yeah, you're working in what you could call a silent medium. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like almost like you're creating a voice right. through something that has no sound. Right. Yeah. And it's you wanting to understand it. You're taking some time out of your life, and I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for giving me this platform to speak. And that's essentially what I want, that I want the takeaway to be from. It's thank you for allowing me to speak, and thank you for understanding, and you can also do this. You can, you also can, don't have to be silent. Yeah. Like maybe you're not loud, you're not boisterous and you don't make music or make art, but you can still speak in another way. Maybe you're a farmer. Maybe you like to cook. Maybe you're a mother who's a housewife, but you're a homemaker. Absolutely. You're still speaking in a way, telling your family you love them by cleaning or cooking or whatever the case may be. So you don't have to just speak in words. You can, make yourself known by other things that don't use words that's awesome yeah thank you so much thank that was you. beautiful